Welcome to the Advance Born Global podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance, the non-profit organisation that shines a spotlight on the impact of outstanding global Australians. In this podcast series, we meet all 34 game changers recognised in the 2022 Global Australian Awards. These inspiring game changers generously share the story of their international career journey with us, the highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know these inspiring game changers. In this episode, we meet Noni Ponomo, a 2022 game changer for her enormous impact in Asia. I loved hearing the journey of how Bluebird Group has grown and expanded its mission to support employees in meaningful ways. I hope Noni's success in delivering these programs might provide a roadmap for other companies to think creatively about employee engagement. If I can kick off with a question, imagine you were um, speaking to a high school audience. How would you describe what what you do and what your day-to-day looks like? Uh, What I do every day, I'm actually currently, uh, I am the chairperson of PT Bluebird TBK, which is a transportation company in Indonesia. But throughout my career, I have been uh, holding several positions within the company. And on top of that, I'm also very active uh, to be part of an angel investor, especially for women entrepreneurs. And I also am the founder of Bluebird Paduli, which is the Bluebird Cares program, one of the uh, CSR arms of Bluebird itself. And uh, on top of what Bluebird Paduli is doing, personally, I'm also very much involved in helping the education of underprivileged children, whether it's uh, free schooling for the children of the scavenger uh, professions, uh, parents, or uh, building a free pasantren, which is the Muslim studies, for the underprivileged children. Because I strongly believe that education is the foundation uh, of the nation itself, and uh, it's a huge part of our family. So um, nowadays, I'm also involved in several organizations. One of it is to be part of the board of Australia Indonesia Institute. And I'm also in the board of trustee of the University of Indonesia. And uh, recently, I'm appointed as the board, part of the board of Clean Air Asia, which is, uh, which is an organization that is focusing on um, sustainability, in particular, air pollution. And uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, my involvement in uh, helping uh, startups or new companies to grow. Uh, I'm actively involved in several organizations for that. One of it is Endeavor, and the other one is through uh, YPO, and another one is also through Angin, which is the angel investor that is focusing on women empowerment. So many different roles that you're holding there. I know every day must be different. But um, a day in the life of Noni, what might that look like? Oh, okay. A day in the life of Noni. Um, so I normally wake up around 5 a.m. in the morning uh, because I have to make breakfast for my 
children. Uh, one, uh, my oldest, my oldest daughter, I can't say kids anymore because she just graduated from university. Uh, but I still have two in Jakarta. So every morning I would make breakfast for them and pack lunch. So that's the first thing that I do. And uh, after that, of course, I would prepare for my day. Nowadays, because I'm no longer the CEO, so I don't do operational work for uh, Bluebird Tebeka. So depending on the meeting schedule that I have on the day, then I would do preparation for my meeting itself. Um, most of the time now, it's either the organization or being the independent commissioner or being involved in the board of trustee of University of Indonesia. Or in between, I also normally have lunches. So during lunch, uh, I normally meet with different people, either is the government or from other organization. Or I also use the time to talk to um, startups uh, to do my mentorship uh, program. Because I, I really love to have that conversation with the young generation because they're so full of energy. But also I feel that uh, it is part of my obligation to share with them the journey that I had been uh, through. And nowadays I have more time to come back in time to make dinner for my girls. Uh, even if I don't, then I would come back in time uh, before they go to bed. Because this is uh, our daily routine that we have done since they were young. It is very important that uh, we review what happened during the day. So I always ask two very important questions. One is the best news of the day, because I think that is very important for all of us to review what's going on on the day and be grateful of what is the most important thing that happens to you on that day. And then the second question, uh, I, I would ask, what is the worst news of the day? The reason for that is because the reality of life is, you know, every day we would always feel good and we will always feel bad. And it is okay to face challenges as long as we recognize them and we know what to do uh, to improve it for the next time. So it is like a ritual that we have to do that every night. It doesn't take long, just about five minutes each. So that's how I close my day so that I know, okay, this is what I need to improve on the next day. This is what uh, I'm being grateful of. Well, it sounds like a very full full day that and days that you have um, and with so many different roles. When you were growing up and, and for those that are not familiar with Bluebird, maybe to share a little bit about the history of the company, but did you always expect that you would end up in this role within such a, a, a large enterprise with so many different parts to it? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, Bluebird was founded in 1972. So if you Googled uh, the year that I was born, then I was already born then. So uh, the Bluebird started in our garage. Bluebird is a transportation company. Our core business is, is in transportation services that consists of taxis, long-term car rentals, buses. We also have logistics. But on top of the transportation services company, we also have other companies that uh, focus on property, trading, uh, and also uh, IT uh, software development. So uh, all in all, at this moment, we have about 50,000 people working uh, within our organization. When uh, the company started in 1972, 
uh, I was always involved, and my late grandmother was the founder of the company. She always teach me about uh, the philosophy, the reason why she's making decision, the reason why she's doing what she's she's doing. So it's not just the result. Like uh, she didn't teach me um, just the the rules and regulation. She she was really guiding me through her train of thoughts. So she always put context in every decision she made. So I think that that's the important part that I learned. Um, whether I knew that I would be involved in this company in the future or not, uh, honestly, I didn't know. But I've been working in a company since as long as I could remember. And uh, even uh, during my holidays, I always work part-time in the company. And I, de- I develop a, really a personal relationship with the drivers, personal relationship with the employees. So I feel like I, I'm really part of the big family instead of part of the big organization, really. And I think that is the most important part of, of Bluebird that we carries on. It's one of the most important value. Um but since the very beginning, I was trained uh, how to look at the businesses to be sustainable. For example, my late grandmother always focused on uh, focus on customer service. The bluebird itself, the name bluebird itself, is a bird of happiness. But she she taught me that the real happiness is the happiness of giving. So that is actually the main purpose. It's my life purpose. And I think it is part of Bluebird purpose as well because it has been embedded since the very beginning. So throughout our journey, we always think of how we can make our people happy in order for them to help to make our customers happy. And I know it sounds very general, but this is what brings us to where we are at this moment. Uh, So I've been learning about leadership. I've been learning about having a bigger purpose than just numbers uh, when we're growing a company. Uh, uh, I also were taught that in order for us, for a company to be sustainable, we have to be profitable because we need to be independent in a way, especially during crisis, which we have proven as well. So I learned a lot from my late grandmother. I learned a lot from my father. I learned a lot from talking to the drivers, to our employees. And it was really a calling that bring me back to the company. Uh, I remembered when I was really young, I wanted to be a surgeon. My uh, parents used to give me to give me dolls, and you know sometimes I tried to cure the dolls, you know, <laughs> uh, in in any way. And then as I grew up, I actually wanted to be an architect, um, but I didn't get accepted. Um, when I applied to to um, architect ma- major because I just simply couldn't do free free drawing, you know. So apparently my art is not that good. Uh, my science part, the the STEM part, is good, but not the art part. So then um, my father at that time suggested for me to take industrial engineering, which I did pursue at the University of Newcastle. Um, Newcastle has been uh, a turnaround point for me. I I learned a lot in Newcastle. I always say that I changed from from a caterpillar to a butterfly in in Newcastle in a way because I learned about so many things. I used to be an introvert person um, and uh, 
in, in Newcastle, I learned how to learn different about different culture, learn how to respect different culture, learn how difficult it is to be independent and trying to live by yourself. And therefore, I appreciate what my parents have, have done to me and uh, the whole family that have been supporting me in here. So I, I learned to appreciate more. I learned to respect people more. And what is also important is, honestly, I learned about entrepreneurship in Newcastle. Uh, at that time, I think I, I remember that um, my after my third year, I think on my third year, my my parents rented a townhouse with three bedroom. So then um, I rented out the townhouse to many other students. Uh, so we ended up having six students in the three bedroom townhouse. So that's the first time that I learned about entrepreneurship, and that that is. Um, when I really changed and, and it really made me who I am today. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I was about to ask about that um, transition, uh, going to University of Newcastle and how, so thank you for touching on that. Um, what you are now motivated and, and, and working so closely as an angel investor and you talked about that entrepreneurial mindset that you got from the time you were in New Newcastle. Um, what sort of individuals or, or startups are you really motivated to get behind now with your wealth of experience? What's, what's uh, motivating you to um, see, invest in at the moment? Yeah, um so in, in uh, my investment in startup is beyond just financial investment because I think what a lot of startup needs is to get the experience uh, from, if I cannot say the older generation, <laughs> the more seasoned business person, I would say, the more seasoned entrepreneurs because we had faced different challenges in our life. And I think that part is very important to be shared with the startups so that they do not have to pay the high price of facing the same challenges. So I think that's, that's what motivates me to do mentorship. So I do a mentorship on top of the financial investment itself. But of course, the founders or the entrepreneurs themselves need to be able to be eager enough to learn more from different uh, part of, of the ecosystem of, of the business itself. So um, the, the specific industry that I'm investing is uh, mostly at this moment is about education or uh, something that have uh, something to do with sustainability. Um, and my priority is to invest in female founders, in companies with female founders, because uh, I, I strongly believe that there's still a lot of opportunities for women um, to excel, especially now. Uh, but a lot of times they, they don't see the, the number one, a lot of women entrepreneurs, they don't have the confidence. So it is my job and other uh, female friends of mine, it is our obligation and our job to encourage more women to participate in, in being an entrepreneur. And of course, being an entrepreneur always have its plus and minuses 
also. So it is really not for everyone. And being able to help them to go through what they are going through, which I may have gone through before, hopefully that will help them to grow faster and wiser sooner without having to to um, go through the pain so much. And you mentioned your work with the Australia Indonesia Institute and um, and obviously maintaining those ties with Australia since you uh, first studied here. Um, what does it mean to you to be recognised for this Global Australian Award, uh, particularly in the category of Asia Impact and um, to maintain those ties with Australia? Yes, well... I'm really, truly honoured and humbled by the recognition uh, to be selected as a finalist for the Global Australian Award 2022. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, I won't be able to be who I am today without the support of my family, without the support of the whole Bluebird employees, without the support of the Kartini Bluebird uh, females, um, Maybe I should mention about the Kartini Bluebird um, program as well, because I think it's it's part of the uh, project that I'm involved in as part of Bluebird Paduli. Please. Uh, Kartini Bluebird is a program that is focused to, to help uh, the wives of our drivers to be an entrepreneur. The program came from my um, realization that uh, not every woman want to choose to work outside of their home. The reason for that is mostly because they still have young children that they want to take care, they choose to take care of at home. So they have this kind of limitation, but it doesn't mean that they cannot contribute to the economy. So that's that's how uh, Cartini Bluebird started. Um, so when we started with Cartini Bluebird, we started with giving the opportunity to the wives of our drivers and also the daughters of our drivers to uh, be able to start businesses from home. So we are giving free vocational training so they can choose the uh, line to become a seamstress so they can open uh, like a fashion designer and clothing um, store from their home. And especially because the advancement of technology now, it is easy for them to sell it online. So we're giving those trainings so they can do it if they choose to do that that kind of, of uh, track. Another track is also to, to open uh, small catering businesses. Um, we focus on small catering businesses because Indonesians are very communal. So in every neighborhood, normally, almost every weekend, there will be a celebration or a gathering of something. So it is very important for um, the small businesses to be able to cater this this small gathering. So we're giving a vocational training for the mothers or the women to be able to open a catering service up to 100 people. Because this way, they can still handle it from their own kitchen. So we really focus on on the, the things that they can do it from their home. And the third one is also to make other kind of cookies and hampers because Indonesians like to give gifts as well, and this can be sold through online as well. So 
we 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 have those three tracks for for the women to to choose which one. So uh, in the beginning, of course, it's really challenging uh, to introduce the program. So I'm really grateful, and I think um, me being here, being invited as a finalist, most of it because of the spirit. Of the women who are involved in Kartini Bluebird as well, because you know it is not easy to develop something uh, from zero, and I, I really thankful for for their perseverance also and for their passion because most uh, of those women now become the trainer. So the 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 first batch of of our Kartini Bluebird uh, women now encouraging other women to be a, a women entrepreneur as well. So I think that's that's the good part of that. And also, uh, I'm very grateful that Bluebird has been able to continuously giving scholarships to, to the children of our drivers. So up to today, we have been given to more than 30,000 uh, scholarships to the children of our drivers. And I, I think, so it is, it is not me, and I hope... Uh, what we have been doing can be shared and can give inspiration to other people so that no matter how small, as long as you start something and then try to make it bigger by um, trying to be a catalyst or, or even an inspiration to other people to do the same, I think we would be able to contribute more. So I strongly believe that together we can contribute more. Because again, I, I come back to what my late grandmother uh, said to me, um, only happy people can make other people happy. And in order for us to reach our true happiness, which is the happiness of giving, we need to be able to have something. And having something is not just material things. Having something is this as an example, to be recognized for whatever you do. I think it is something that we can give back also as an inspiration to others. So I hope that that um, answers your, your question, Johanna, in, in a very long way. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Thank you. And it was, um, and you're, you're right, what a catalyst your organization is for other entrepreneurs. Um, and, and really, I really hope that business model can be shared with others so that they see what you've been able to do and the impact you've had there. Final question from me. Um, what advice would you, or what advice, I'm sure you are asked to give advice to people early in their career. What advice do you give someone early in their career that wants to be an entrepreneur? I think what is important is um, one need to find their own purpose. And the purpose have to be a long-term purpose. And, and also find your passion because you need to be happy in whatever you're doing. If you feel obliged to do things, if you feel unhappy, it will show. It will show in the result and it will show in whatever you do. How can you make other people happy if you're not happy with yourself? And that means one need to love themselves before they can love others too. So it's okay to be imperfect. A lot of uh, startup, a lot of young entrepreneurs, they always want to be a perfectionist. After my 50th birthday, only then, I realized that it is very important to embrace our own imperfections because through that, we can grow and we can love more. So understanding yourself is very important. 
And last one, persevere, because life is not meant to be easy. And every challenge we, will, we face will only make us stronger if we can learn from it. So that's my guidelines for my life, you know, because I'm also not perfect and I'm still learning to do different things in a different ways. And as long as we have an open mindset and always try to be better with a good purpose, that helps me. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more on global Australian game changes over the last decade, please go to our website, advance.org.